0: the jackpot uh, uh one of my friends sent me this I think it was an Alex Kazora article over at Steelers Depot mm-hmm. the fantasy sports channel on Sirius XM whoever their guys are in the afternoons or whatever when the news came out about Smith they were live on the air and they reacted to it and I think Kazora wrote out like the transcript of what those two nerdy said. guys said and they lost it like they thought it was the what like, the worst thing <laughs> That had ever happened in pro football. I wish I I wish I wish could find. Uh, did somebody text it to me or email it? I think I might what actually have to said. buy
1: on a couple Steelers players for the league I'm in. The Dynasty Empire League that I told you guys about where it's one and a half points per tight end reception. It sounds like Arthur Smith is a tight end maven.
0: Like these fantasy football they hated geeks. It. They hated it. Can't stand these guys. Can't stand, stand Smith. Arthur Smith for what he did with I saw those guys, somebody yeah. post a gif that was like Najee,
1: Har- Najee Harris fantasy dynasty owners or something like that with the Arthur Smith news, and it's a kid at his birthday party who's just got his head up in the air sad because, like, he didn't get what he wanted. Mm-hmm. A lot of that going around here. All right, here's more.
2: Atlanta Smith was with the Tennessee Titans in different capacities, mostly on the offensive side of the ball, between 2011 and 2020. <laughs> Red Gumble. The Titans had one of the NFL's top offenses in 2019 and 2020, with Smith serving as the team's offensive coordinator. They ranked number one overall both years in goal-to-go scoring, while the team's red zone percentages stand as the fourth and fifth best single marks in the NFL since 2000.
0: Oh, I didn't know that stat. Since 2000, they were that good. Well, a lot of that has to do again with having a. Uh, I will, Cyborg at running back. I will point out again, though. I will give them actual credit. I know
1: we're laughing and having some fun with this. They do know, I'm sure internally, because they've done their own audits of what they need to do better. But they do know also what are big complaints around here. Even what, what would I say when Kenny would have a game where I otherwise said, like, hey, he did play well. You'd say when the field condenses, they just aren't good enough. Cincinnati game, they the kick too many field it, goals. The play calling isn't imaginative enough. They aren't executing well enough. They've got to be better in the red zone.
0: So there's 90 seconds left of this, so we've heard about half of it. Where is Missy Matthews just saying, and he knows Mike Munchak? Arthur Smith.
1: Well, they to, can't do that now because they kept Pat Meyer. Yeah. And he loves Pat Meyer.
0: And he worked with Dick LeBeau. Not a whole
1: lot of malarkey, just Mike Malarkey.
2: And in 2020, he orchestrated a unit that finished first or second in the league in total offense, rushing offense, red zone efficiency, and 50-plus yard plays, among others.
1: Up to the races. They may not catch him. They won't catch him.
2: Smith helped quarterback Ryan Tannehill become the 2019 AP Comeback Player of the Year and reach his first Pro Bowl in their first season working together. Tannehill averaged a passer rating of 110.6 and threw 55 touchdown passes compared to only 13 interceptions during Smith's two-year stint as the Titans' O.C. The only quarterback with a higher passer rating over that two-year span was Drew Brees.
0: Ooh, that's a little factoid from Missy and the crack staff with the Steelers. Only Brees better in that run.
1: Well, the problem with Brees during that run was that his arm would fall off by week 17, and then by the time the playoffs rolled, well, no, in 19 he was good, and they got, no, the 18 season was the one where they got jobbed with Nickell Ro- Roby Coleman, but yep. no, Brees' arm would fall off by the end of every season. Remember, like, I think you'd watch him in the last week and he couldn't throw the ball 15 yards.
0: Tomlin and Rooney, before this got announced, made such a big deal about the offensive coordinator needing to be a uh, quarterback, uh, conducive, a quarterback uh, supporter, a quarterback, uh, someone that, you know, is able to get the most out of the guy. So they've got to, in somewhere in this promotional video, talk about the good work Smith did with Tannehill they already did the Falcons thing. Did, they, did she mention any quarterback names? Their stats? No, because they want us to gloss over that. When he was with Atlanta, he worked with, I'm sorry, Desmond. No, forget it. Anyway,
1: moving on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're, please take that out of the script. We can hear off off camera. We can edit that, right? Yeah, that's, I mean, for me, it's the old joke about the guy with the old red shirt, the red plaid shirt, and he gets another one at Christmas. I mean, that's what he's had. For his last two quarterbacks, now when you compare him to Kenny Pickett, Heineke and Ritter are very similar to what Kenny is.
2: Smith also helped develop the career of running back Derrick Henry, who ah. became just the eighth player in league history to rush for more than two thousand yards in a single season.
1: Can you pause it there? Henry.
2: Looking for room
1: to the end zone. Henry. All right. Yes. Just a slight editorial. Arthur Smith deserves credit for what I'm about to say. He does. I just want to stress that. He developed his career with the novel idea of let's give our wrecking ball of a human being back here the ball 300-plus times a season instead of trying to make this a thunder and lightning backfield with, God bless him, I loved watching him in college, Deion Lewis. That was the big innovation by Arthur Smith. Hey, see that guy that makes everybody else look small and also is like as fast as almost Chris Johnson? Probably should give him the ball between 300 and 400 times a year. And probably on the 400 end of that thing. That's all. I Just keep going
0: as you were. Well, that is interesting, though, because if you bring that up as a way of not trashing Smith, but as to not give him as much credit for what their offense did. He just had this great player. He just had this transformative running back. That's true. Well, then why would anybody give Todd Haley any credit for what he did here? He had Ben A.B. and Le'Veon Bell. It wouldn't have taken a mad scientist offensive coordinator to be successful with those guys.
1: I guess the only thing I would say is What's about... What's the
0: difference? The, the
1: difference with Haley is he managed to make an offense that people didn't think would suit Ben's strengths. Quick passing, get the ball out so he doesn't get beaten up back there. Actually work and look good. When they had been on offense where it was, hey, Ben's supposed to run around and he makes all these you know, improvisational plays and, and they like to go deep all the time, no risk it, no biscuit... He did things very differently than his predecessor, and it still worked. I don't want to ding Arthur Smith for that because you know what? You still have to go out there and have, yes, a game plan as to how you're going to get Derrick Henry the ball or yeah. how you're going to deploy him correctly. But like the fundamental thing here is he probably like walked into the, the, the coach's room and said, Guys, Derrick Henry is on our roster. It would behoove us to make the offense about him.
0: And teams can sell out to stop the run, and even for as good as Derrick Henry is, if you really, really want to make sure that a running back doesn't kill you, there are ways to do it. And he came up with, to his credit, fun ways, creative ways. They direct snap the ball a lot to Henry. He'd throw the ball sometimes. They'd pitch it to him. Here comes linebackers or safeties down to play the run and tackle him because he's such a beast. And then the dude would throw it 20 yards downfield to a wide-open player. Like, I give Arthur Smith... Uh, credit for some of the innovation that happened with him. Y- you get a great player like that. It's incumbent on you to maximize that. And I don't think there's any question that he did Let me ask with Henry. You this.
1: Let me ask you this, then. And
0: Didn't it made the quarterback there look better. Okay,
1: you read my mind a little bit. Who does he? Who did he do better work with pound for pound, then? Maybe that's the. I shouldn't even say the pound for pound part. Who did he do better work with, and who would you feel more encouraged about his work with, Tannehill or Henry?
0: I think it's more impressive what he did with Henry to actually get him to a point where he was by far the league's best running back for those two years. I've got
1: to go Tannehill. He made him the comeback player of the year. I mean, Tannehill... I know we laugh and say they had a ceiling, and they did. It's obvious they did. And Tannehill, the year after Smith left, was the guy who turned into a pumpkin in the playoffs. 55 touchdowns and 13 interceptions. If I just told you that... Let's just say for argument's sake, Kenny Pickett is the quarterback next year and the year after and that he will throw 55 touchdowns in those two years and 13 interceptions, you right now would roll up your sleeve, pop in a syringe, take blood out of your arm, and sign a paper saying I'm good with that. Would yeah, you and not? The,
0: yeah, I would. And the Titans, though, got hoodwinked by those numbers and then gave Tannehill a big extension and paid him a lot of money, and we saw what happened after that. Like that's Because I've thought about that. Like If Kenny Pickett has two years that look like Ryan Tannehill's two years in the Arthur Smith offense, what am I going to want to do with Pickett? What would you want to do? I, don't
1: you have to then say it's got to be the eye test and how I actually feel about what I'm looking at there?
0: Well, I'm I'm, going, you, I'm going by what I felt with Tannehill. I thought it was a mistake when they gave him that money. I never thought
1: he was going to win them a Super Bowl. Right. But do you, you have to, I guess, allow for the possibility it could look different with somebody else. Our buddy Caleb chimed in on this video and said, Desmond Ritter finished in the top three in completion percentage in the NFC South. <laughs> Big things ahead for number eight.
2: His 2,027 rushing yards, ranks fifth all-time, and led the Titans to the NFL's second best rushing offense in 2020. He was also the Titans' OC when wide receiver A.J. Brown had more than 1,000 receiving yards in each of his first two seasons in the league and scored 19 touchdowns in 30 games. Smith worked in the college ranks and for the Washington Commanders prior to joining the Titans
0: all right so there's the Steelers hype video promotional video they sent out on Arthur Smith just a few minutes ago that last one was hey Deontay Johnson and George Pickens don't worry we're not forgetting about you I know what you've heard about the run game and tight ends and everything else but hey look at A.J. Brown and do you want us to send you some A.J. Brown quotes he loved the nice things he said about Arthur
1: um what would the Steelers hype video for Matt Canada have looked like when they hired him Matt Canada do you like jet sweeps do you like jets do you like flying? Do you like sweeps? Do you like cleaning? Have we got the coordinator for you? What would Feinrers have looked like? He's Ben Roethlisberger's friend. He's folksy. <laughs> He's Randy Feinr. <laughs> Seriously,
0: what else can you do? He's Ben Roethlisberger's friend. <laughs> if there's an NFL coach, you could picture yourself going to a Leonard Skinner concert with. <laughs> it's Randy Wait. <Fechner. laughs>
1: And a coach you could picture jumping up on stage to join the band in a performance of Freebird. What would they have played, like the farts in a skillet quote? That came after he was the coordinator.
0: Oh, man. Have you always hoped for an offensive coordinator who would pull out his lighter during Freebird? We (laughs) have the guy for you. (laughs) Fan Hotline is presented by Sullivan Super Service, Pittsburgh's trusted plumbing and HVAC provider for over 50 years. That's where we're supposed to find uh, Mark Kabali, but he must have uh, forgotten about us today. That's all right.
1: Uh, well, you said it was a fun show, so in this sense, we don't have to stop that part of today.
0: I found this article today, and I loved it. Today is Groundhog Day. We're all big fans of the movie Groundhog Day on this show. Mm-hmm. The website awful announcing. Groundhog Day. These are the most boring, repetitive debates in sports today. They put out a list. You think any of the ones we have are... Uh... Well, let's go through them. Okay. Tell me if
1: you agree or disagree with their list. So these are like the, the classic topics that always get tossed out there. Okay. Let's well, do. we'll do
0: it in a second because now we have Kabali. Oh, there he is. Nice of him to join us. Mark, like the rest of us, was in mourning over the Carl Weathers death. And by the way, FanDuel has just put out a release. They're going to alter the ad now. They don't want to see you don't Carl see a, a and uh, Rokowski. Yeah. But see, now I feel better about Gronk making the kick because he's gonna dedicate it to Carl Weathers the same way Rocky dedicated his fight to against Drago to Would it be in bad three.
1: I'm I'm asking this seriously, would it be in good taste or bad taste if if he you know makes the kick and says it was all in the hips,
0: like in Happy Gilmore? I think you do it. Yeah, I think you do.
1: Mark, best Carl Weathers role in a film. You've got four Aww. Rocky movies. You got Happy Gilmore, you got Predator, he was on arrested development. That's not a movie, but Bucky you know nights. what I mean.
3: Yeah, he was kind of a a wimp in Predator, so I don't like that. I would definitely say Rocky Three, right? It has to be on the beach with Rocky when they're racing, and he says, "What's wrong with you?" It's one of my favorite lines. Of he all definitely time.
4: let him win too. <laughs> well, he need his psyche needed that
0: at the time. That was smart
3: by Apollo. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think easily when you think of Carl Weathers, number one's Rocky, Rocky Three.
0: Yeah. Uh, We were trying to figure out the best supporting characters in sports movies. So not the main character, but like the B or C characters. And we were talking about Apollo Creed. And I brought up Karate Kid, and I said the best supporting character in that movie is Miyagi. Do you agree? I think. Or Johnny Lawrence.
3: I'm a a huge, huge Miyagi fan, so I almost think it was... The story was about him just as much as it was about Daniel LaRusso. So you're saying supporting, I'd probably have to say with Johnny Lawrence, if we're going strictly Karate Kid movie 1984, it has to be John Lawrence and the Cobra Kai. What about Crease? Crease is probably one step behind. He wasn't in that a ton, I don't think, was he? Compared to Lawrence. I think you're Lawrence
0: asking was, us. You're the Karate Kid expert. I you was know the movie say, like the back of I your just, hand.
1: I just Mark. assumed
0: you watch it like once a day.
3: Oh, I haven't memorized. That's beyond the point here. But a crease was in it and maybe three or four times. At least Johnny Lawrence had the great skeleton Halloween costume. But supporting actor, I would definitely say John Lawrence of the Cobra Kai.
0: All right, Mark. Of let's, the Cobra Kai. <laughs> it sounds like a real dojo. <laughs> let's get into uh, some Steelers stuff here. <laughs> so they just made the Arthur Smith move official. Shortly after that, there was a report that the Saints – We're going to hire Clint Kubiak. That means Mike Sullivan is not going to get the Saints OC job. So that means he's locked in as Steelers quarterbacks coach, correct?
3: That's what it seems like. I don't think he's going anywhere. So uh, I don't think a lot of these um, assistant coaches are really up for debate, even though the new OC is there. I think they like what Mike Sullivan did, and he'll be back. I think they like what Pat Meyer did, and he'll be back. I like they. I think they like what Alfredo Roberts did, and he will be back. It's just a matter of Faulkner wants to come back or not thinks he has a better opportunity somewhere else. So, you know, I don't think there's going to be a ton of turnover here in the coaching staff. And, well, where
0: would the better I'm opportunity be for Faulkner? All, all these offensive coordinator jobs well, are dried up now.
3: I'm, he's just probably thinking, now i got another three years to even potentially wait to have an opportunity, if I go somewhere else as a running backs coach, I'm not quite sure. I'm not up on my running back coach uh, availability around think he's the league right to do that, though,
0: If he's under, I don't contract. know if he's under
3: contract. He's probably not. They're, assistant coaches are one year deals. Now, if they locked him up before they hired Arthur Smith, or, or they're waiting and, and letting them all hang in the wind, so to speak. That could be a possibility. I'm not quite sure. Maybe they locked him up before that. Uh, like I said, I'm not quite sure. But I think all assistant coaches are one, and all coordinators are three. Mark, I hate to be,
1: I hate to harp on on this point, but you just said they're happy with Sullivan. But you're going to do it anyways. Well, yeah, be, <laughs> yes, because this just, this is, these two things don't seem like they could exist, coexist at the same time. You and others have said they're happy with the job Mike Sullivan has done, so it's not like you're out on a limb by yourself with that opinion. That's pretty much consensus. It's also known by literally Mike Tomlin and Art Rooney's words. A huge year for Kenny, and Art saying we need better play from our quarterback. We need an uptick in play. Sullivan is the quarterback's coach, so how is there an acknowledgement our quarterback needs to be a lot better than he was but we're also happy with the guy who technically was his position coach last year. That Those two oh. things just don't seem – seems like oil and water there, Mark.
3: Yeah, I'm just thinking that maybe they thought what he did, Sully, did was correct. They like how he went about his business. just happens to be that Kenny was somewhere else this year, mentally and physically, and the best way to get that back is for Kenny to get it back first – not anything scheme or technically wise I mean they uh, they knew talking to Sullivan back in what April of last year of him knowing how Kenny was very uh, happy foot in the pocket trying to get out of the pocket too quickly they were working on it then that's what he noticed and they, they worked on it from April on that doesn't mean it worked because you know Kenny just you know it just wasn't there so you can have good ideas and be a good coach but just not have the results. And I think if they think if they turn it over completely, that uh, a different voice probably would be counterproductive to Kenny at this point. Cause obviously they want him to win a job. They're going to give him every opportunity out there to, to win this job. So a guy that he gets along with a guy that he likes, I think a lot of this just has to be put on more of the player than the coach.
0: That does sound a lot like the reasons for why they brought Canada back, though. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They, they thought it would be counterproductive to get a new voice, to get well, someone I, in there.
3: But uh, Sullivan's been around this league for 15, 20 years. Yep. Man, Canada's been around the league two years or three – One, what, two years as a quarterback coach when they hired him. So he's at least had some resume – Ma- attached to Mark, him. I
0: think more than hiring Arthur Smith, the thing that's stuck in my craw right now <laughs> is the process. They only talk to three people. I know that some people have come on and say, well, maybe, maybe coaches didn't want to talk to them. So you're telling me Clint Kubiak thought the Saints situation was better than the Steelers? That makes no sense to me. Why wouldn't they at least uh, want I- to talk to that guy?
3: I think they had in mind who they wanted on January 7th when uh, Arthur Smith was uh fired i think he fit what they were looking for now it doesn't mean they didn't reach out and talk to people but in terms of having former form, formal interviews they've only went down that three and i'm, I'm sure it was a little bit to do with him worried that arthur smith would go somewhere else so they had to pull the trigger a little bit quicker than they did or they probably i mean what would have hurt to go and and interview uh, half a dozen other guys uh, formally, so I think I don't know about the fear about had- Smith
0: going though. Like, if he really is so enamored well, with working for Mike Tomlin, why would he go take the Buccaneers job over that? You know.
3: But if but if you're at that point where you're not quite sure if the Steelers want you, which they probably wouldn't have given him any inkling, while they're talking to him, they might have liked him, might not have. You take the first available opportunity, don't you? So
1: Not if I was Arthur I, Smith and my dad was worth like $6 billion. Very good point,
3: Chris. <laughs> I don't think he quite cares about that because he's been worth $6 billion for a while now. He's worried about getting a job and getting another head coaching job. I mean, we do complain a lot how Tomlin doesn't have a sort of a coaching tree, a guy that wants to advance. You bring a coordinator in right now who does want to advance. He doesn't want to be here past two years three years max he wants to go get another head coaching job so that's one little plus that you don't hear a lot of of a guy actually fighting to to get back to a place where he uh well i guess failed in atlanta where he thinks he's he has another opportunity so that's a that's a positive there but i'm like i'm saying i don't i i do believe that they've had other talks with people, but nothing was official where they announced it.
1: I just, that makes me nervous. Like if just to use Kubiak as an example, and I'm not saying this did happen, but it would, it would almost be worse for me, Mark, if they had a quiet back channel talk with Kubiak and kind of came to the mm-hmm. conclusion, like he doesn't, re- he's not that interested. And maybe as a result, we're not that interested. Yeah, then if definitely. they told well, then if they totally ignored him, like if Kubiak tells them like in a quiet, just off the record unofficial conversation, right. Yeah, hey, thanks but no thanks. You know, I I you know, I'm flattered that you reached out. And then he takes that Saints job other than maybe thinking he'll get Dennis Allen will get blown out of there and maybe he'll get the job next year. I just don't see what's appealing about that place. That would make yeah. it better than this job.
3: Yeah, I mean, you got a good point there. I mean, it could be just for the fact that he might think he has a better opportunity to be the the head coach quicker than he does. Year so take that but as i said before i know for a fact that they they've reached out to people but if guys are, aren't quite sure if they're legitimate candidates why would they want their name out there publicly to be able to ruin their current job and i'm even talking about the collegiate route or or somewhere else it's different if you're in the nfl and you get your wait name a minute, out you know that you know that
0: they reached out to like a college coach and it just didn't go anywhere well
3: anymore? well it they've reached out it doesn't mean they reached out because they were 100 percent interested they wanted to hire some guys but they just wanted to you know see where he was
0: and who is this person Um,
3: uh, you know i can't say that
0: well can you give us the conference (laughs) that
3: that. that was me that was me trying to laugh
0: East or yes, west of the Mississippi, know. but they, but okay, so you're saying they at least talked to a college coach I about think, maybe I, taking I this they, job?
3: Yes, I think it was a, a couple of them actually. Interesting. I mean, we're we're talking about very informal sure. reaching out type of things, not n- nothing to you know get worked up over.
0: Mark, when you said again for the second time on this station this week that Trubisky uh, could be back. As their second quarterback. After you said that, have people reached out to you in the know and said, "Mark, you're out of your mind," or have they said, "Actually, you're stupid like a fox"? Here, you're onto something.
3: With no. that, I mean, you mean anybody of any note? Yeah, like <laughs> or what's... some or, or some crazy people on Twitter. We're no, I don't mean about. that.
0: no, not the crazy people on Twitter. People of note. Yeah, I mean, like, nah. have, no. So, so you're nah. so you're so standing
1: you're out by a, those comments? Yeah, you're just out on a limb there. You're on Kabali Island mm-hmm. for that one.
3: I'm on I'm on the limb. I'm on the limb there. I mean, you figure if Mason's going to go somewhere else, which I think it's 50-50 maybe. I keep uh, flipping back and forth of what's going to happen here um with him. I think honestly, I do think if they want Mason, they got to get him before free agency. Uh that's my opinion. I think if they go out there in free agency, that's he's just going to find somewhere else to go. Why not entice him to come and re-sign before free agency hits. If not, I mean, you're still looking at a guy that's a relatively cheap backup who's young, who for some reason you liked him a couple years ago. So, and when you look at the other free agent possibilities out there, who's out there really, you know, as a backup, which he would be, really and really makes you happier and, and makes you very intrigued. Nobody.
0: All right, Mark. We'll end it there then. Good stuff. Thank you.
3: <laughs> wow, that was quick.
0: Actually, it was like, long, like five minutes longer than any of
1: our. <laughs> yeah, we gave no, you a no, little no, do no,
3: what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, I was in the abrupt ending. Okay, see ya. Well, we we're tight
0: here. It's a tight schedule, so
3: That's we're not like we're not like. Phone. Also, you, and also, we're not you, like
0: we're not like Starkey, where we bring you on 20 minutes after your allotted time it's, it's, or it's, slotted time. It's an
3: average anywhere between 18 and 22 minutes late over the past four months. So. <laughs>
0: That's incredible.
3: <laughs> All right, Mark. Good stuff. All right, see you.
0: See, see ya. Guys. Time for the Donny Football Debrief. It is brought to you by the Farmer's Dog. Woof, 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 woof. Fresh human grade dog food delivered right to
4: your door. Donnie. The Debrief, February 2, 2024. Electric Boogaloo. Uh... With the passing of the legendary Carl Weathers earlier during the show, I wanted to go with this. So Carl Weathers also, before he got into an acting career, he was he played for the, the Raiders. So he was D, an NFLer turned actor. That led me to think, who are the best NFL players turned actors ever? There's more? Jim Brown. Yeah, I mean, Jim Brown. Oh, yeah.
0: uh, Merlin Olsen. Jim Brown's the all-time example of that. He football to act.
1: Jim Brown was in the legendary movie Mars Attacks.
4: You're right, he was. Alex Karras. Alex
1: Karras, you know what movie he was in, Boney? Blazing Saddles. Yes, he was.
0: (laughs) Candy Ram for Mongo. Uh, Did you know that Alex Karras was suspended for an entire year for betting on football? I did know that, actually. I did. Damn it. I was going to try to one-up you there. Didn't work.
1: I think I can I can get this one win to bring the score to ten thousand to
4: three.
1: Yes, Donnie, you got any more actors? Merlin
4: Olson. Yeah, Merlin Olson. I met. Mean, I I think we mentioned him. Uh, uh, an, another one that I think is see like a, a lot of those guys probably more well known for their football careers. I mean, a, a couple of them all time greats. Terry Crews, a former NFLer,
1: the office linebacker himself.
4: You're forgetting my Wait, all-time favorite. Wait, or was
1: that Terry Tate? Terry was that Tate was guy? the office yeah. linebacker. You're
4: forgetting my all-time favorite here. I hope you're going to get to him in a second. Football player turned actor? Yes. Are we saying just, now are we saying former nfl I'm or saying he was around, player? he was on an NFL team.
0: Might not have been long. It was a sip of coffee. Oh, is
4: it Ed O'Neill? Yes, it
0: is. Ed O'Neill.
1: And he made it to the NFL for a cup of coffee because of his four touchdowns in the city championship for part I, I just got
4: a really good one. OJ. Naked gun. Oh, he was great in that movie. He was in Roots for like five seconds. He did a bunch of Hertz commercials.
1: Oh, he was a big pitchman. He was making a ton of money. I just... uh, Who just sent it to me? A clip of OJ and Mike Ditka playing Madden video games against each other on the Sega Genesis in like 1993. There's no way each guy is playing, because you know Ditka wanted nothing to do with that other than probably the money involved. But they have it edited up real slick where they're playing a Buffalo Bills-Dallas Cowboys Super Bowl. Dan Marino. I think that was fake John and Robinson, actually, who sent it to me, now that I'm Dan Marino,
0: Ace Ventura, and the one where he goes to hell and has to be told, sorry, he wanted the same deal Namath got. What movie is that? Adam Sandler movie. Little Nicky? Little Nicky. He
3: Uh-oh. goes to hell
0: and he goes, come on, Satan, just let yeah. me win a championship. You did it for Namath. <laughs> That's a good line. That's a good line. Uh, I Brent w- Farb was in there something about Mary. He had a little uh, cameo.
4: Yes, he did. Actually, I, I have a list pulled. He up was here. pretty funny in that movie. Uh, this has Terry Bradshaw on the list. Yes, he's he was in a bunch
0: of Burt Reynolds movies. In, yeah, he's
4: been in a bunch. Smokey and the Bandit. Yeah. Yep. And he was in the one where he was naked.
0: His his big butt flabby butt was in it. Wild hogs. No, no, it's one where it's it's not meet the parents, but there's some element of it. I think Ryan oh, Reynolds oh. is in the movie, maybe. Oh no, no, no! I know what you're talking wait, about. Wait, come oh. on, Failure, to Failure to oh, launch. Failure okay. to Why do I know McConaughey's that? McConaughey's in the movie, not Reynolds, but his butts in it. McConaughey's or Bradshaw? Bradshaw. I don't know about McConaughey, it but Brad probably Chung's. is. Yeah, is it Kathy I know Bates f- the mom? Yeah, I mean, come on, Terry. Got to be able to do a little bit better than that,
1: no? I mean, she's
4: a
0: terrific actress. She really is fantastic.
4: Misery.
1: You ever seen Misery, Donnie? Oh yeah. That's a classic. That's a Stephen King book. Yep. James James Caan. You know what else is a Stephen King adaptation? Shawshank Redemption. Boogie Nights. I do like that as you're running bit. I um, do like the boogie nights. Bit. Uh, Fred
4: Fred Dreyer oh, also on this on. list. Hold on,
1: Fred Dreyer and another player. Who else? Fred Dreyer. Hold on, they covered the NFL, the Super Bowl, and got like thrown out of press conferences posing as fake reporters. He went with the name Cubio Switzer. <laughs> there is a big story about Fred Dreyer. Like this is a famous thing. He and I forget one other player. They basically started the tradition of the Super Bowl media days being like a complete joke by going in there and just asking stupid questions because they didn't care. They did it for uh, like Life Magazine or something.
0: So, you know Carl Weathers, I've been doing some reading on this during the breaks. Did you see what... Knowing you, you've probably read like two whole books on Carl Weathers during the breaks. Did you see what Bolitnikoff said about him? About Weathers? No. Because he was on the 70 and 71 Raiders. So he played against the Steelers before the Immaculate Reception game. He was on those teams. Okay. And undersized guy, but a very good athlete. And Bolitnikov said in today's NFL, he could have been a great edge rusher. Just imagine just saying guys, 6'2",
1: 220, and he's undersized. Certain
0: guys back then. Well, look, look, think about what inside linebackers looked even back in the 90s. Think about no, Lee, LeVon Kirkland playing no, inside linebacker.
1: You know, I mean... Man, he—I didn't realize Carl Weathers also went to a, a place for high school that I think has been a long-term high school powerhouse: Long Beach Polytech. Them and De, you know De La Salle Donnie, You ever heard about them yeah. out in California? They're basically the two, the two big schools out there. So,
0: among Steelers players now, who would you say has the best chance of going from NFL player to actor? You think oh, Kenny Pickett, man. with some of these commercials we've seen, has got no. the acting uh, gene? No.
1: Nah, he I wouldn't don't really want to stand in front of the camera. He'd keep rolling off to the side. Oh, shut up, <laughs> <laughs> Kenny. Stay in the shot, Kenny. Um, you know who I think could do it actually? And I, we said not so nice things about him yesterday. We kind of talked down a little bit about how he's played. I feel like Friermuth in a buddy comedy could play like a guy who cracks off <laughs> a few one-liners, don't you? Not really. You don't think Friermuth could do that? Like that? What little about routine? Hayward? Hayward could do something. Mm. You don't think? Like, what's his... He's in like a kid's sports movie where he's like the ba- he plays the bad guy coach or something. I don't know good guy why, coach.
0: but I-, I could picture him as like a Carl Winslow type. Couldn't you imagine him if they rebooted... Like the dad on a sitcom. Okay,
1: what if they rebooted Little Giants? Couldn't you imagine him being one of the coaches? Man, I love Little Giants. Ed O'Neill was the O'Neil. bad guy coach. I haven't and seen Rick Little Moranis. Giants before.
4: You haven't? No. Oh. Icebox. Great flick. Spike. Spike Hold Hammersmith. On. Hold on, there's got to be a couple
1: other people. That we're not, like, we're not actually thinking of here. no. No, absolutely not, no. PZ Jr.? No. No. Highsmith, no. Highsmith, like, almost, like, too nice. Who's a guy who's got a big personality on that team? You know who could have done it until he got traded because they hated that he had a big personality? Dotson. You
4: could have thrown Dotson into a movie. Absolutely could have. I I think in the the 80s, Mason Rudolph could have been, like, any, like, 80s teenage high school villain. You've said I mean, that before. Look at him. <laughs> the problem, I don't even care how he can act, just look at him. He has that exact look. He does. That's implied it, that he has a
0: very punchable face, because every 80s I didn't say that. TV, no, like
1: every tall got, high school tall, villain you want to knock no, out. No, guy, good tall, looking guy. obviously athletic guy, comes in, he plays like the Mr. Steal Your Girl routine. You know, he calls like somebody a nerd, and then just walks away. How was James Harrison
4: never in an action movie as a bad guy? The Expendables six. He could have been in one of those, for all we know. They had a whole that whole just list seems of guys. like an easy cast, right there. Wait, That's- wait. He was. He was in a some sort of wrestling show. They did yeah, a wrestling he was. show called Heels. Yes, he was in that. You're
1: right. You're right. Exactly right. Yeah. Who's the Steelers player like of our lifetimes? Most appro- who would have been best in in movies? Kevin Green, I feel like could have could have had some roles. Why, like a yeah. bad guy henchman
4: in an Arnold movie? Yeah, he, I mean, like, really. plus like definitely. he
1: fights he, Arnold but gets his ass kicked. He's got but the personality. You know, for it's it Kevin too. Green that gets his ass kicked. He
4: dipped his toes into that a little bit because he went into pro wrestling. Right. Man, I think that might be the answer, actually.
1: Not Troy. Troy. <laughs> yeah, Troy would sort have of been in like a, like some sort of like kind documentary about like the history of Buddhism. I think
0: Troy probably of of all the TV he watches, I bet PBS is right at the top of the list of channels he's into. Like I, I've been
1: falling down the YouTube rabbit hole about like quantum mechanics and all this stuff, oh and I I feel God. like Troy probably I, gets into that.
0: What's into him. I've been falling
1: quantum mechanics. I've no, been
0: falling down the quantum mechanics. So there's rabbit hole. So.
1: I fell down this rabbit hole. There's this British guy named Brian Cox, who used to be like in a band and is an astrophysicist. Not the
0: dolphin in uh,
1: Patriot? No, and he's a particle physicist. And I fell down a long rabbit hole of what happened and what was around before the Big Bang.